0: incoming transmission from an unknown source it seems to be urgent patching them through they're calling themselves the holonet marauders welcome back to the holonet marauders podcast now this week we have a lot of brand new news to go over as you as you all most likely know at this point the disney investor meeting happened this past week, and there is a lot of new releases from Lucasfilm. So this is Jamie, and joining me this week as well is Matt and AJ, as always, and we're going to go over all of those brand new Lucasfilm releases and what we're looking most forward to this year. So let's go in the, almost in the order of which that they announced them. The first two that they mentioned were Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka.
1: Yeah, this this has me definitely the most excited. Now, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, I was discussing how I was thinking that they were kind of building up to this big crossover event where multiple live action shows would be introduced and kind of like intersect and crossover and their timelines and stories would like mingle together and it would lead up to this like big epic showdown uh, that would flesh out the period of time between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens and also kind of flesh out the sequel trilogy era in general and that seems to be exactly what they're doing, which has me incredibly excited. I think this, for me, the Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka announcements were the most exciting for me for the night. Um, I was just absolutely floored um, that they're going to be doing this three-show kind of trilogy of shows that cross over. And I think they're going to be building up to like a, a live-action adaptation of Thrawn, uh, the Thrawn trilogy from Legends, But in canon, that seems to be kind of what they're doing with these shows. They're taking concepts from legends that were incredibly popular and reintroducing them into canon as kind of adaptations. Not exactly one-to-one translations, obviously, but they're going to be um, putting a lot of popular concepts from legends into canon. I think that's great. I think that's incredibly exciting.
2: Yeah, I'm super pumped for both of those uh, releases. And Marshall's will be awesome. We don't know if it'll feature Cara Dune or... Or who it's going to feature. Probably a, a new cast of characters, Rangers. I imagine. Rangers. And it's...
0: Rangers.
1: <laughs> you said Marshals. Oh.
0: I always <laughs> say Marshals. <laughs> so, like, that's that's something that obviously is going to be happening, though. So it is Rangers of the New Republic, but it's already been like, oh, it's going to be the Marshals. So possibly Cobb Vanth, most likely Caradoon. And they're both Marshals right now, but maybe we'll learn more about the overall Rangers of the New Republic. I was joking a few podcasts ago how they... Maybe these marshals all talk to each other, and they—he seems like they are going to be talking to each other, which is very exciting to actually know that they are aware of each other. Yeah.
1: Do they get maybe promoted to rangers? Maybe it's a Cobb Vanth, Cara Dune, other marshals being promoted to rangers show. Just a thought. Yeah. Maybe. What is the, what's the
2: difference between a ranger and a marshal?
1: Several official titles on various branches of society. That's not helpful at all.
0: I think that, in at least in, like, uh, if we're thinking, like, Fallout rules, Rangers, like, do their own thing. They operate under, like, some sort of uh, higher power, but they do their own thing, and Marshals are actually, like, attached to, like, one area. So maybe Marshals are, sorry, maybe Rangers are more, like, free reign. Almost like a bounty hunter, but they have, like, more rules to abide to, possibly.
2: The two pilots we see, Trapper Wolf and Carson Teva. I mean, we don't really know their titles, but they could be New Republic Rangers, as I finally said it right. Yeah. I'm always saying,
1: like, High Republic Marshals, New Republic Broad Marshals, Rangers. (laughs) According to Google, line employees of Sheriff's Department are called deputies and deputy sheriffs. They generally have the same law enforcement powers as a police officer. Rangers, at least as general service law enforcement officers at the state level, are limited to Texas. All right, so I got the Texas thing. But it's it should it should count Nice. <laughs> A marshal is an enforcement officer of the court. That really doesn't help. That in fact. Uh, Rangers just sounds confused. cooler. Yep.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, Rangers, you think it's it's a very, it's a very old West term. Like you think Ranger immediately, you think like Texas Rangers or something like that. Or you, um like I mentioned earlier, you think of New Vegas, the NCR Rangers. And so like you think of something that's like out West and it's absolutely insane and they're laying down the law. And same thing with Marshalls. It's all just, it ties back to Mandalorian as very Western, Western movies influenced show and Rangers will definitely be super uh, Western influenced. And then Ahsoka probably going to be super Eastern influenced.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Hey, so it's like Filoni's episode, but like split into two shows, the Samurai yeah, fight, the yeah, Western exactly. duels. But like, hey, I like that. That's cool.
2: It's super, Um, as Matt mentioned, it's super unique to Star Wars to see this, these three shows kind of tangled together, uh, leading up to one, uh, coming to a head and leading up to one kind of thing. We, we've seen it happen in Marvel with a couple of projects. So seeing it come to Star Wars seems uh, pretty perfect to me.
1: Yeah. They did that with the Netflix shows for Marvel. They did, like, Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage. And all four of those shows met in the kind of, like, limited series Defenders. And I have a feeling they're going to be doing the same thing. So I think they're going to be doing, like, Rangers of the New Republic, Ahsoka, and The Mandalorian. And then at the end of these shows, or, like, at the end of a certain season, they're going to be doing, like, another limited series that probably is yet to be announced or maybe Ahsoka is going to be the limited series where they cross over, because I know that they've listed that as a limited series, as opposed to Rangers of the New Republic and Mandalorian, which are ongoing regular series.
0: I feel like it's like um, it's almost as if they're doing uh, show trilogies in order to move on to the next thing. I mean, maybe they'll eventually release uh, feature lengths uh, that are step-offs of this based on the information, not necessarily a limited series.
1: I think that would be great. I think that'd be incredibly exciting.
0: Let's move on to the next announced show, officially announced show, coming in uh, 2022. They didn't specifically say when, but sometime next year, the Cassian Andor show, just known as Andor.
1: There was a 50-50 chance it was either going to be Cassian or it was going to be Andor, and we've got Andor. Very exciting, very exciting. (laughs) Um, I like Andor. Sounds sounds smooth. uh, Andor does sound cool. I like it too. and I really like the logo with, like, the little symbol. I
0: was just going to say they managed to work in the uh, Rebel Starbird, like, into the actual name of the logo, which is pretty cool. Always a good little addition, though. Yeah,
1: agreed.
2: I'm excited for this show after the release of the, you know, the news about it during the presentation. You know, a couple of years ago when they rumored it, I was like, eh, a show about Cassian. I love Cassian, and he's he's probably my favorite character from Rogue One, as he is to many. But, you know, they labeled it as a, a spy thriller, and as a huge bond fan and you know spy film th- fan uh, I'm super excited to see where they go with this it, the the opening scene of Rogue One when we see Cassian in that dark alleyway we it's very dark and it it, it felt very non Star Wars but in a cool way and i think that'll be the the true vibe to the show
1: yeah and we have Tony Gilroy who co-wrote Rogue One and the uh, Jason Bourne movies, which are another like good spy right. thriller kind of movies, uh, we have him heading, executive producing and writing for the series. So that I, I'm very excited to see where this goes.
0: Do you think they would just drop in the, the original spy, the Gurindian in the in the hood, following them around on wait
2: I actually just noticed how that that dude looks just like those old cartoony evil spy. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, spy versus spy. like spy versus spy. But he's like. It looks like spy versus spy. An alien yeah. spy versus spy. It's great.
0: We're, we're about to get that guy's entire backstory. Dude, I'm
1: totally down for like Cassian versus like that snout guy in like a spy versus spy kind of thing. That's exactly what they're going to do yeah. with this show. I have no question in my mind now. That's exactly and what they're going to do. And
0: then K2 just going to appear and bonk him on the head. And like, <laughs> I meant to do that. <laughs>
1: Perfect. I actually had a great thought about
2: this show. So obviously it takes place during the, the rebellion time. And imagine if we get Cassian going on the ghosts with like Hera and, and running some missions with them. Imagine that in live action. That would be
0: That'd be really cool.
1: Nuts. We've already <laughs> I mean, we've already seen the ghost in live action. We saw it in Rogue One, we saw it in Rise of Skywalker, so it's not out of the question. Yeah. Again, Mandalorian is just throwing everything up in the air in terms of who can appear in what show. It doesn't matter anymore, apparently.
0: It could leave the door open for Vanessa Marshall then, because obviously Katie Sackhoff came in to play Bo, but I'm not sure if Vanessa would like be up to that because then we also have like Ashley Eckstein wasn't Ahsoka, True. but we'll see. Vanessa did I the the
1: voice in Squadrons, I believe. Yeah. Yes, but not yeah. the look. Oh well, yeah, so since it I'm was sure. just the voice. But that would be incredibly exciting. They really they really seem to be doubling down on this like proto rebellion era, where things are just starting to you know. The underground is just starting to form. We have, obviously, you know, Star Wars Rebels. We have Enfys Nest's uh, sect in Solo. We have, you know, these little tiny, like, cells all around the galaxy. Obviously, Rebels goes in deeper on the whole, like, you know, cells kind of joining together to unite into this one rebellion. But it would be cool to see, you know, the original cell that, Obviously, Cassian Andor and Mon Mothma are a part of that aren't, you know, because those that cell was separated from the ghost cell in Rebels for a while, right? They were up to their own thing right. while the ghost crew was out doing their own thing. So it'll be cool to see what now Mon Mothma's part is, is doing.
0: That'll be, like, really cool to see because Mon Mothma's been in Star Wars since the very beginning, obviously, and it would, it's just interesting how like she's not like a major focus but she is a huge part of the entire rebellion and it's it's time <laughs> it's time that she gets more about that
1: they found the perfect person to play her too in rogue one and now she's coming back in cassian it's incredibly exciting to have somebody who looks and sounds so close to the original actress it's perfect did you know she was also mon mothma in episode 3 revenge of the sith speaking scenes cut Ah. silent cameo in final cut of film genevieve o'reilly
0: let's move on to the next one down on the list and this one i'm absolutely super excited about because it's something that we know was coming um but it is actually my the one that i'm looking most forward to it is the bad batch because we got a full trailer and i i'm just so excited to see it
1: see it's so funny i know you um, but a lot of people who don't know you were probably expecting you to say Obi-Wan Kenobi, and instead you go to Bad Batch, and I just find that really funny. I mean, uh...
0: Yeah. Obi-Wan? Well, yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan? <laughs> no, I mean, I love the Clone Wars. The thing with, um, I love my favorite aspect of the Clone Wars is the clones. Like... It's, it's a period of time that's always just super intrigued me. So like you guys know, like uh, the sequel trilogy got me into Star Wars. And then I wanted to like look into more of the other eras within Star Wars. And we have all this information about the Clone Wars and everything surrounding the Rebellion. And the fact that there's not a lot of information of the early days of the Empire and what happens immediately after Order 66, that time period has always intrigued me the most. And like I've said before that that is my favorite era of Star Wars, even though we don't have much from it. Uh, Solo, years later, we have um, the little bit of post-66 from the last season of Clone Wars, and then, um, what's that other big one? Oh, Jedi Fallen Order. And that was only last year. So it's always been something that really, really intrigues me, and I'm just very excited to see these early days of the Empire and the phasing out of the Clone Troopers and the coming in of just um, the early Stormtrooper program for the Empire. I'm just very excited for it. And I absolutely love the clones. And oh my gosh, Echo looks so sad, but so happy at the same time to like be like, in like a place where that counts. And then we have Fennec Shan just randomly showing up and I'm losing my mind. And this is all I'm going to talk about for the next like year. Okay?
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. It's very exciting. Bad Batch is going to be incredibly cool to kind of see the transition between clones and Imperial Troopers, to see the clones kind of decommissioned and how they deal with that. How the transition to from the Republic to the Empire kind of takes place uh, behind the scenes in terms of you know the troops. Obviously, in Legends, clones were treated much differently than they are in canon. Technically speaking, I mean, I know Clone Wars, uh, the newest show, is both in canon and Legends timelines, but really most of the exploration in terms of clones being like humans, you know, with actual emotions and not just like bio droids. That's mostly taken place in canon. So to see this time period and to see this angle what am I trying to say? Not angle but like this new perspective? perspective That's the word I'm looking for. Perspective. Or point of view. Either one. To see this new kind of perspective um, on an event we know so well already the transition from the Republic to the Empire but to see really how it affects the clones with clones as the main characters is incredibly exciting. That's pretty you know pretty great and something that we really haven't seen uh already in legends it's a pretty canon exclusive uh idea so that's really exciting
2: yeah it was super surprising to see fennec shan in the trailer it's it's funny because just a week earlier just about we learned that she was still alive and then it's like oh she's gonna be in bad batch as well and i think it'd be great if you know, obviously she's a bounty hunter, if she's working with Cad Bane or something, and we get to see how that story ties up. the That's something I'd be really That'd interested be, to see. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, because it could definitely set the ground for how did she get started as a bounty hunter, because you think of it also, I feel like there's a lot of confusion of people being like, oh, how is Ming-Na Wen in the Bad Batch? Because a lot of people don't realize how close these timelines are, I feel. Um, but with a, think of it this way, the Ming-Na Wen, she is about I think 57, 58 years old, like actually. So I would assume her character is probably like 10 or so years younger. Give or take when this Clone Wars episode will be happening, she'd probably be in her like mid-20s. Yeah. So I think that it would make sense that she would just show up like this, and I would I would love if she disappears with a bunch of other bounty hunters, and especially Cad Bane, because there's those um lost episodes, exactly. or lo- un- unused storylines with Cad Bane, which would be really cool to see just to slide her in there that as well. That was what
1: I was going to bring up, is definitely the window of opportunity that they now have with Bad Batch to adapt some of the other lost episodes that weren't put in Season 7, especially the mm-hmm. Cad Bane-Boba Fett showdown that gives Boba Fett the little dent in his helmet i would love to uh, see yeah. that they need to do that now i mean we're like boba fett craze right now do it
2: yeah pilot it on it's also interesting to see uh, once again in star wars the same person wearing the same outfit like 20 30 years later whatever it is so yeah. that's classic you don't
0: change your clothes if you got a cool outfit you don't change your clothes unless you're royalty yeah. that's not it.
1: everybody <laughs> in the galaxy has the same costume budget that padme and everybody else did so
0: in all of the excitement I was over the Bad Batch, I realized in my notes that I totally missed um, show number four. I, the whole reason why is I wrote down the clones um, in front of this. <laughs> but I, show I totally number missed four. Uh, show number four. Are you show number four? Are you ready for show number four? Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Obi-Wan Kenobi. See, I was going to say there was a 50-50 chance it could be Obi-Wan or Kenobi, but they just totally surprised me and went with the whole nine yards. We've got Obi-Wan Kenobi.
2: The big news attached with that is the return of Hayden Christensen to play, quote-unquote, yeah. Darth Vader, as uh, yeah. Kathleen Kennedy said. So that'll be interesting.
1: In a, quote-unquote, rematch of the century, and they're going to, quote-unquote, take another swing at each other, which is, uh, what?
0: What does this mean? I don't,
1: I don't really know what that means. It's definitely got me thinking. Not I'm, Obviously, I'm as far from a Debbie Downer about Star Wars as you could possibly get, but uh, I don't really know how they're going to pull that off. I don't really know how they're going to do that. So they'll have to surprise me for sure, because I can't even fathom how Obi Wan and and Darth Vader had faced off in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. So
2: I also heard I I read something today. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I think Ewan McGregor said that in the show he'll be traveling to another planet. Oh, and it said a watery planet. Kamino. And hmm. I, yeah, that's what people were saying, and I'm not really sure how that I didn't see works. That.
1: I didn't see because that, it doesn't make
2: any sense if he's trying to keep an eye on Luke and keep a low profile and he's out traveling.
0: It will be interesting whatever they do decide to do because I would like to assume that he's there keeping an eye on Luke for the entire time. I hope that there's more flashbacks in it because I would, as much as I would love to see Hayden be Darth Vader, I would love to see him get a shot at Anakin again because that was what we got from him in the first place and he totally deserves to have like another chance to really just be Anakin Skywalker again now that we have all this supplementary material from the clone wars he can really make a difference and make people actually like love love him again even though he like is loved a lot right now yeah
1: exactly that's and it's funny because you know people are talking about oh yeah Hayden Christensen is coming back as Darth Vader and that's so exciting but i am more excited at the prospect of him coming back as Anakin uh, depicting yeah. Anakin in flashbacks or some sort of thing that oh man could you imagine if they do some flashbacks where Ian McGregor and uh, Hayden Christensen are playing out, like, scenes from Clone Wars, like, word oh. for word. Like, that oh, would that be incredible. Be yeah, like what I they did in Clone that. Wars Season 7, where they played out parts of Revenge of the Sith in animation. They could now play out parts mm-hmm. of Clone Wars in live action. That would be awesome.
0: Next thing on the list of releases was a animated series of shorts called Star Wars Visions. Um, so all we really know about these shorts so far is that they will be produced in an anime animation style, which is something that we really haven't seen before at all for any sort of official Star Wars release.
1: Right. That is extremely exciting. Um, you know, I'm not like the hugest anime fan. Not that I like dislike it or anything. I'm just not really into a lot of shows in the anime style. Um, but seeing Star Wars translated into uh, the anime style would be incredibly exciting. And I really hope that this doesn't go the way of galaxy of adventures cuz i know people link galaxy adventures to anime already because of those like youtube videos that are like ooh uh you know if star wars was anime anime openings
0: those are really cool videos though cuz they have like the really like upbeat like theme song type uh, introductions and it's a really cool video to watch but it's interesting that um we don't know what they are going to actually be like with this official stuff i would
1: love some original stories from anime writers you know japanese storytellers uh in the style i would love that to to get some original like anthology you know kind of stories from different pockets of the galaxy that would be so cool
2: yeah and it'd be it'd be great if they're canon stories obviously and it'd even be greater if they were you know myths and legends of sorts because matt i know and jamie i I know you guys both like those books myths and
1: fables so um, that would be super cool that would be so awesome
0: that would be really fun. We don't, I don't believe that they are interconnected in any way. Each one is its own little standalone short. So it could just leave that door open for any kind of stories. That's, that's the biggest part of it. There's just a huge emphasis on projects in the coming years of really including more direct, more not directors, I guess creators. directors, but including more creators. Yeah. More creators from around the world to really just make their mark. There's also uh, one of the new Disney releases is, um, a duo from south africa doing their own animated series in which they originally started some sort of like gofundme saying hey we're gonna try and do our thing without disney and make make it better and disney's like actually we really like what you're doing do you want to produce it and we'll put it on our platform and they're like yeah let's do it um which is really really cool that they are getting to this point where disney's like you know what we should actually like be helping these smaller creators instead of just like taking it and then that's it and i hope that it's going that way behind the scenes we never know but i hope so yeah
1: definitely Star Wars has always had heavy Japanese influences already being, you know, taken from samurai movies, especially Kira Kurosawa movies. Um, So, you know, it's about time that Japanese storytellers are able to tell their own stories as opposed to, like, say, the manga adaptations of existing books that they've done so far. Um, To have Japanese storytellers actually tell original stories in the Star Wars universe would be phenomenal
0: yeah because there was um at least the the hard copies of uh lost stars the manga adaptation and there's a recent princess leia one also which was also just a novel interpreted into a manga yep. which is good and they've done like really well the fact that they've like re-released it in that but it was really cool to see an actual animated short in these styles absolutely So next on our list is another one that we were hoping was going to be a show, but it was never actually confirmed because this was alluded to in Solo. So we're getting a Lando Calrissian show just titled Lando. Lando,
1: again, 50-50. Although, really, um, the fact that they didn't name it the Calrissian Chronicles, I know everybody else has mentioned that, but I'm going to mention it too because it really does kill me. Why didn't you name it the Calrissian Chronicles?
0: Yeah, Lando's literally sitting in... In the Falcon, recording a vlog called "The Calrissian Chronicles" during the heist <laughs> on Kessel. Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't name it that. Or, I I would have at least like wanted like a web series of just Donald Glover giving us these like little videos that are like thirty seconds long. But the fact we're actually getting a series is incredible. Yeah,
1: definitely, and we don't even know you know who's playing Lando. Obviously, it's probably going to be Donald Glover, but you never know. It could be both. You know, that's yeah. the yeah. the whole oh. idea that a lot of people have had that I've seen is Billy D. Williams as older Lando telling stories of his younger adventures. And then we cut to, you know, Donald Glover as Lando. That would be such a cool way to link those two uh, portrayals of the character to one. That would be awesome.
2: I mean, it's not something I was really expecting, I guess, but um, it'll definitely be a really fun show and I'm, I'm excited for it
1: if they were to go the direction of older Lando telling stories about younger Lando, I would really love older Lando to be in the resistance or talking to resistance soldiers, telling stories to maybe even post rise of Skywalker soldiers, Um, you know, and kind of like the, or maybe even Janna as they travel the galaxy looking for her parents. They, you know, we talk about Lando and his young adventures. I think that would be, a super cool way to again flesh out and link the sequel trilogy to the rest of the saga overall, as it seems that they're trying to do with like Mandalorian and Rangers and Ahsoka and all these other shows to just kind of go hog wild and connect the sequels everywhere. That'd be great.
2: And speaking of connecting, I've been dying for some sort of solo spinoff, at least, you know, to show what, what mall is up to and the Crimson Dawn and Kira and maybe this show will be the one to do that. I know, Matt, you brought that up in, uh, when we were hanging out the other day. So, yeah,
1: you oh. know, I'm dying for that. You might even see Alden Ehrenreich popping in as a cameo every once in a while. That could Ooh. be cool.
0: Huh? Oh, my God. Oh, bring us back to Alden. Like, oh, my gosh, yes. Right? We get, and like, just...
1: Solo, mm-hmm. and now we get Lando. So it's, like, two halves of the two, you know, most prominent characters Perfect. in that story. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're, like, popping into each other's stories. Another, like, interconnected idea.
0: I was just thinking while we were just talking. Now, what if they were to interpret? Even though I didn't really like like the novel, the last shot that much. But what if they were to incorporate some of that information be from that with the, with that entire mission?
1: That would be perfect.
0: The mission when that they do to like recover the the phalanx redux, I believe was the term for it. They it's some device yeah. and um they go back to do it and then it's like set in a right after original trilogy time because baby ben's in there yelling about uncle wanwo so (laughs) i would love to have billy day williams in the show as well as long as he's willing to like keep making more star wars i don't see why not It, it all like rides on that if he wants to do it they should they should definitely like milk that i also hope that this is um a live action thing and not animated i don't believe it will be animated they didn't explicitly say it's live action versus animated but i feel like it's pointing towards live action they're just currently working on it right now yeah
1: i believe it's going to be live action
0: the next one on the list is another one that i am really looking forward to so this one is called the acolyte
2: yeah this one's pretty unique because you know we're finally getting a show about some bad guys revolving around around the bad guys and we don't usually get that and you know it'll be taking place at the end of the high republic which i know we're all very excited for especially matt and you know we'll be getting that with the book series over the next uh year or so so to get a show eventually in that era at the end of that era will be super cool
0: yeah that's the only sentence that they've given us about this is that it's taking place in the final days of the high republic this is also the series that was announced a few years ago an an untitled series at the time that is coming from director leslie headland um and so it was branded originally as the female-centric New series, which I wish they would just drop the term female centric it's it's a series it's a Star wars yep. series period. There's going to be people in this anyway, so that's that's a different true topic for another day um but i'm I'm very excited to see these literally dark forces at work, yes,
1: the acolytes of the beyond, sith eternal weren't they
2: described as like ninjas early on, like Dark side ninjas when they were teasing the show, wasn't it
1: something like that?
0: What information did we even have about I, this before they came out with the name The Acolyte?
1: I do feel like I've heard that. Or, like, they mentioned that um, it was going to be, like, uh, martial arts influenced, I think, is what the what yeah. they were talking about. <laughs> that would be so cool.
0: I think because of that, a lot of people thought it was going to be Night Sisters. But the fact that it's called The Acolyte, I think that that theory's thrown out the window. It, yeah.
1: Because I don't think the Night Sisters want to work with the Sith. They don't really like each other. Um, well, I shouldn't say that, but. They, you know, they, they're not the same. Um, you know, it's this is just a really cool idea for a lot of reasons. First of all, taking place at the end of the High Republic. It's about like 100 years before uh, A New Hope. So 100 BBY. Um, 70 years before The Phantom Menace. So we're getting really close. Um, it could incorporate Plagueis, which ties back into what I said before about them taking maybe a lot of popular legends concepts and introducing them into Canon. Um, The novel Darth Plagueis by James Luceno is like one of the most famous legends novels. Uh, Everybody talks about it all the time. It still influences a lot of Canon works and people treat it as Canon, even though it's not um, just because it's so heavily defined the character of Darth Plagueis. I would love for them to either redefine him in this show or, you know, take bits and pieces that are incredibly popular from that novel and incorporate it um, into this show as well. Also, uh, another thought is that, you know, acolytes, the term acolytes is something that is, for me, very tied to the sequel trilogy. Um, you had the acolytes of the Beyond and the Sith Eternal, which are basically functionally the same thing. I know Ochi of Bestoon was working with the Sith Eternal, but was also with a, an acolyte of the Beyond. So we have, like, Sith acolytes all over the place. Um, and the last film in the skywalker saga introduces this concept of these like shadowy sith acolytes and talking about like oh they're they've always been there so i would really like to see how they've always been there you know where have they been what are they doing in the shadows this would be another cool way to link things to the sequel trilogy again with plagueis maybe searching for the way to cheat death like he like it's mentioned in episode three like you know maybe looking for exegol uh searching for those Sith rituals that Palpatine is talking about when he when he returns from the dead those kinds of things this could be you know tying legends tying the sequels tying everything together it, very neatly it would be very cool yeah. to see
0: yeah, definitely. They, they, you obviously are very like in depth and like profound with this. I also just want to like add in the little um, I love and the logo. The way it was presented, they had the acolyte in bright red, and then suddenly a slash went through the middle. And so it's like, could that slash be a lightsaber? Could it be a vibroblade? Is it the Sith dagger? So like, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, mm, maybe they'll like ev- actually bring back like vibroblades and like put those in something. But well, I I'm hoping that it's a Sith dagger though to, again just to tie something very small to the sequels Trilogy from the very last movie again cuz that would just be like funny in which it's just like oh here it is only this blade tells from like 200 years later
1: <laughs> There's a better chance of it being a the dagger than it would be a vibroblade vibroblades were already have already been in a lot of uh, canon material I love how they look in the canon too just just to throw that out there but
2: Yeah that's what the Praetorians have right
1: No the Praetorians don't have Or the Knights of Ren Knights of Ren have vibro, he, uh, what's his name, has a vibro he has axe. a vibro
0: axe, yeah. Um,
1: but Trusian. also in The Mandalorian, we see a lot of vibro blades and stuff. Uh, and yeah. I love how they actually are, like, vibrating, like, at a super high frequency. So that's really cool. But getting off topic. Yeah. None of these projects seem to be lightsaber-focused. I know that's, like, a weird way to say it, um, but as for me, my favorite thing in Star Wars is definitely lightsabers, uh, people who use lightsabers. Uh, namely Sith and Jedi and all subsequent, you know, groups that are affiliated with those two. Um, I really love lightsabers. So to have, like...
0: <laughs> That's just one way to say it. I know. And, like, we also do have, like, Ahsoka and Obi-Wan getting their own shows. Yeah, I know. And they are both Ahsoka Jedi. Ahsoka is
1: probably going to heavily feature lightsabers. I don't know about Obi-Wan Kenobi, probably, considering that uh, Vader and, and Obi-Wan are going to fight. So we'll we'll probably see lightsabers there again. Uh, although I want them to be used as sparingly as possible. But we could also get a uh, lightsaber-focused action, some Jedi action in the Acolyte. I think that's the highest chance we're going to get to see. It's just exciting to see the High Republic on screen. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, I can't wait for that. They didn't give a release like date yet or any sort of like timing for the Acolyte, but I would assume in the next few years. And so we will have all of this uh, visual media for the High Republic of the books and of the comics and whatnot so far, but our first actual like, thing to watch will be The Acolyte.
1: Yeah. I'm incredibly excited that, you know, that, I remember when all the uh, articles came out and they were talking about a new timeline and everybody was like, what the heck does that mean? I have no idea what that means. (laughs) Um, Now we have, like, an understanding. It's like the High Republic era, so that's cool.
0: So there was one more show that they announced at this Lucasfilm release, and it was called A Droid Story.
1: Yeah, so this is actually um, so excited. I'm probably the most excited about this one uh, over all of the other ones. I think this one has the greatest potential of any project that has come out since Disney bought Lucasfilm. Actually, Um, I think uh, I'm running out of steam on the joke, but (laughs) 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 no, just for the record, that was a total joke. (laughs) The 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 hook for that uh, show is definitely that they went out of their way to say that. Um, Lucasfilm or Lucasfilm Animation and Industrial Light Magic ILM were working together. And they don't do that with the regular animation stuff. So I have no idea what that means.
0: Yeah, so all we know is it's going to be a series that's animated um, with R2 and 3PO going on adventures with other droids.
2: Hey, if it's, if it's like the old droid droid tales, then I'm all in.
1: Yeah, bring back oh, Ren, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, Jamie, you mentioned earlier too. I think it was you or I may have heard this somewhere else, that uh, this maybe. could be uh, the link between Lucasfilm Animation and ILM is maybe, like, testing out new technology or some kind of, like, new, you know, like, uh, storytelling medium, uh, which, you know, obviously Lucasfilm and ILM have always been about pushing the boundaries, you know, with The Mandalorian, it was the volume. You know. So we always have these kind of, like, cool experimental yeah. projects that kind of revolutionize... The well, yeah, I don't, I don't industry. think I was
0: the one to tell you that. However, um, just like why didn't you, going off of that, why in didn't general, you take credit think... for that?
1: Take credit for that. Mm. I think it was me actually. Yeah, you know what, it was AJ. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. Yeah, it was me.
0: A couple more things were announced at the Lucasfilm release. Uh, other Lucasfilm releases that weren't Star Wars are a new Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford, a sequel to the movie Willow, which I don't remember if it was going to be a series or a movie, but it's starring Warwick Davis. And then also a series of the young adult novel series, Children of Blood and Bone. That I'm looking forward to that one. And then we received a little bit of information about the feature film releases. Films, yes, more than one. Because we all thought we were just getting information about Taika Waititi's feature. Um, all we know about that is he's working on it. And that's all it's we know at the moment. Wacky. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. But I mean, like, we'll, we'll get more info as it like comes out. And then we received a wonderful surprise that Christmas 2023, we will be receiving a feature film from director Patty Jenkins known as Rogue Squadron.
2: Ooh, I'm so excited. And I think the most exciting thing is we don't really know when this takes place. And, you know, Kathleen Kennedy mentioned it'll be in a new era. We all thought, you know, post trost seems like the best timeline for that to take place
1: yeah post rise of skywalker because she specifically says future era of the galaxy um is the direct quote so i mean you can't really get more future than the furthest in the timeline you could possibly be which is post rise of skywalker and this again ties back into what i was saying earlier about how it seems to be taking they seem to be taking the approach that they're taking these legends concepts and introducing them into canon Uh, Obviously, Rogue Squadron has existed in canon for quite a while, um, but to get like a fully fledged story focused on them um, hasn't happened yet to many people's chagrin. So to have a movie of all things dedicated entirely to this squadron is incredibly exciting and to, you know, to think uh, of a future era in the galaxy after... The Rise of Skywalker, maybe during the New New Republic's formation or whatever else happens, um, to have maybe Dennis Lawson return as Wedge, teaching the this new era of pilots because I think they also mentioned that it's like a new era of starfighters and pilots and stuff. And I know people have been looking at the logo and they've been saying it's like a T-65B X-Wing, um, which is Luke's X-Wing from the original trilogy, and so it could be post... Return of the Jedi as well. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think we're getting so much content post Return of the Jedi right now. We're getting three interconnected shows to also put a movie in that time period might be kind of front-loading that era over all of the other ones. I think it would be smarter to stretch things out. So we have like, you know, Lando taking place between three and four. We have Bad Batch between three and four. We have the acolyte taking place before one we have these three shows taking place between six and seven and then we have rogue one then we have rogue squadron taking place after nine so it's like the whole entire timeline could be completely filled out by these shows if they decide to do that
0: i think that's what they're trying to work towards definitely
2: yeah matt you you accidentally said rogue one there but remember the other day you sort of brought up the thing you were like oh what if it's kind of a a new series of rogue movies right or, you know rogue one rogue squadron rogue whatever rogue, Fleet. rogue we're jedi we're
1: jumping we're jumping up one each no yeah i mean rogue <laughs> jedi who actually oh no time. <laughs> oh out, geez dude.
2: that's kind of like a sofa, i guess <laughs> but oh
1: well oh man that would be so awesome you got me like thinking anyway um
0: rogue jedi could just 100 percent be a post-order 66 survivor and i'm sticking with that story so yeah <laughs> Mace
1: Windu. No. Mace Windu. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, the possibilities for this movie are endless. And fingers crossed that it takes place after episode nine. Let's hope we get some post Rise of Skywalker content.
0: Yeah, even though we do have that source material from Legends of the Book and a video game, right? Yep,
1: video games. It was a whole series. Yeah,
0: video games. Yeah, so those were obviously not canon anymore i don't even know what that deal was in the first place but even though we have that source material in the first place and the rogue squadron all the different characters were relatively fleshed out um obviously we have luke and wedge being the main people involved i feel like you got to look at the point that patty jenkins is the director period she's not going to do a movie about five dudes flying around a bunch of x-wings So even if it was set post-Return of the Jedi, I feel like some changes would be made. Either she'd added some more female or even non-binary characters. I mean, we got our first official non-binary Star Wars character as well with the Star Wars squadrons, Um, the Morallian pilot Keo Venzi for the Rebellion, New Republic at the time. Um, That was the first non-binary Star Wars character we received, and so I feel like that would get introduced as well, that we'd just get more aliens on the squadron, it wouldn't just be five dudes human dudes just doing their thing that that would be there but then if you fast forward if it is set post tross i feel like rogue squadron is a title that you got to work towards it's not necessarily something like oh you guys just sorted into rogue squadron no 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 this is rogue squadron it is the best of the best and you have to work your hardest to get there and i feel like at that point post rise of skywalker people would be like going in and out of their own squadrons and Really working towards that final goal, and it's the highest thing that you can achieve and it can be like a little bit like a that the top gun sequel that I don't think has come out yet, but it would be like that in which like wedge is training um these top pilots, not recruits but pretty much ace pilots in order to really be the best rogue squadron that they can be,
2: yeah, and to have Matt mentioned earlier to have wedge be a part of it still, I think would please all the fans that we're hoping to see. The old Rogue Squadron. I think that would be a, a fair thing to do, and um, you know, have Teacher Wedge again, as I think he was kind of a teacher uh, to like Snap and Poe, if
1: I'm if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. yeah. pre
2: um, pre sequel trilogy.
1: So yeah, yeah, and you can have him kind of him and Nora Wexley. Imagine if Nora Wexley appears in it too. Ooh, yeah. Ooh and they're both dealing with the death of uh, Snap. Ooh, no, no, ouch, it... ouch, 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 ouch. Okay, something you mentioned earlier, and it, I just just a random thought I had, Jamie, as you mentioned earlier, five human pilots. And I'm just remembering the old in the old X-Wing books and legends, there was a pilot named Ho'has Equesh. Okay. Uh, and he's a horse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just okay. a
1: straight I remember that. Horse. <laughs> Our buddy Ryan wrote about that. Yeah. He's in Wraith Squadron, though, not Rogue Squadron. But he worked with Rogue Squadron a lot. Um, yeah, he's a... He, just, bring back Bring back my boy, ho Yeah, please. let's get
0: some equine representation in Rogue Squadron. I guess that's all we're asking for, maybe. We need some equine
1: representation, <laughs> please.
0: Well, it looks like that's it on my list of all the film releases. Now, I have to say, these are only for the next three years. Just remember that. There's a lot more Star Wars coming at us, and they definitely didn't tell us everything, because they can't tell us everything. They want to keep some surprises. We want to thank you guys so, so much for listening to our podcast this week. We also want to remind you, you can always follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Marauder, Instagram, at Marauders, and then we also have a Patreon, It's called Hauling Up Marauders. I bet you can find it. Links are all down in the description. Thank you guys again so much for listening to the Hauling Up Marauders podcast.